I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And more specifically, this morning I'm going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit equips our hands to do the work of the Lord. I know personally that I'm very grateful that we have the Holy Spirit who equips us to help us accomplish the work that God asks us to do. Because many times, uh, maybe we feel like God is asking us to do something that we don't feel equipped to do, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one who goes, God has asked me to do something and I've wondered, how in the world will I ever be able to accomplish that? It seems so big. It seems like it's so much beyond my scope. But the Holy Spirit comes and He equips us. He gives us tools and skills and brings people around us to help us to accomplish the work that God is asking us to do. So maybe at times we feel we don't have enough. Keep pushing. You'll be equipped to do the job that He's called you to do. And then through the work of the Holy Spirit, as I said, He equips us to give us all that we need to accomplish the work that He's asked us to. Uh, as I've shared here on Sundays and on Wednesday nights a little bit, uh, my wife and I have been doing a few different projects around our house. We've been updating our bathrooms and a few other things. Uh, and so it got me thinking about this. How many of you have ever done a project, maybe you're doing something at home, and all of a sudden you realize you don't have quite the right tools to accomplish what you're trying to do, right? I think all of us who have done any type of work have run into that where we're doing something else and we realize, man, I don't have the right tools or I don't have enough tools to be able to accomplish this job that I'm trying to do. Uh, a couple weeks ago when I was working on our plumbing thing, it was, I, I went to Lowe's four times in three hours because it was just like, I, oh, missed something, missed something. Oh, I don't have pliers that are big enough to take this, this nut off of these pipes, you know. And so I, I felt like, man, is there anything else that I need? Or maybe this is another example. I've got just a quick picture up here. Maybe you have, you're trying to remove some screws for something. And for example, maybe all you have is a Phillips screwdriver but the screws are all flathead, right? It doesn't do you a whole lot of good if you have a Phillips screwdriver with a flat screw, with a flat screw head on it. Or maybe, maybe what you have is you have a flathead screwdriver with a Phillips screw head, and maybe you're able to remove it, but it doesn't work quite as efficiently as it should have because it's not quite the right tool to accomplish the job. And so maybe you're able to complete it, but maybe it takes a lot more effort than it should have to be able to remove that screw. Or maybe you damage that screw and you're not able to use it anymore. The reason I say that is, is because sometimes we're able to complete a task without having maybe exactly the proper tools, but it can make it much more difficult. Other times, if we don't have the right tools, it can prevent us from being able to accomplish the task that we're trying to complete. And why do I say that? Because in the same way, we are equipped as believers with power and tools in our lives through the working of the Holy Spirit. We are equipped with power and tools through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God brings many opportunities along our path for us to point people towards Him to help encourage one another, to help meet the needs of those who are around us. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, we are equipped with power and the gifts of the Spirit. 
Also, we should have the fruit of the Spirit overflowing out of our lives as we allow the Spirit to work through us. The fruit of the Spirit should be evident. It should come out of our lives as we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. This is what Jesus had to say about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is a very common passage that most of you have heard. Acts 1.8 it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Look at that statement for a moment and think, you talk about being equipped with something. Equipped with power. Jesus was telling the disciples, He said that the Holy Spirit is going to come and He will bring power that will allow you to be witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, right where you live, in the area that you live, but in Judea, which surrounds you, in Samaria, which surrounds that, and all the way to the ends of the earth. It is not, that's, that's not a small task we're talking about. We're talking about taking the gospel all the way to the ends of the earth. 2,000 plus years later, we're still working to accomplish that task. We're still charged with that same thing of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Because as we've talked about before, there are still so many hundreds of thousands of people groups that have never heard about Jesus. They've never been introduced to the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that the same power that Jesus was telling the disciples would come upon them when the Holy Spirit came is available to you and I today to continue to be His witnesses here on earth. To continue to be a witness of the Gospel. To continue to share the good news. He has equipped us with power to do that. So who can receive power from the Holy Spirit? Maybe that's a question that you've had before. Who can receive power from the Holy Spirit? We know that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord and surrenders their life to God can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every single believer can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Following the day of Pentecost, when the disciples, along with many of the other Jews, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, there were some questions as to whether or not that was available to Gentiles or those who were not Jews. They, they wondered, is this baptism in the Holy Spirit, is this empowering of the Holy Spirit only for the Jews? Or is this something that's available to everyone? And they received their answer in Acts 11, where we'll read starting with verse 15. Where it says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them. And as He had come on us at the beginning, then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift He gave us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections 
and praise God, saying, So then, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. It's for everyone. Available to all who call on the name of Jesus. And to give a little bit of, of context to this story, we find Peter here, he's, he's come to Jerusalem where many of the Jews had been hearing different stories about the Gentiles getting saved and giving their hearts to the Lord and being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and to be honest, some of the Jews were not too happy about it. They weren't too thrilled about it because they thought that this was something that maybe was special to them, something that was unique to them as the Jewish people. Because what happened was, is a lot of the Gentiles, they didn't follow the laws that all the Jews did. They didn't, have to, they didn't follow such as the laws of how to prepare food and what kind of food is clean and unclean and on and on. There were different things that the Gentiles didn't do that the Jews did that they thought maybe, maybe these things set us apart. They even went as far as to tell Peter that they weren't very happy that he went and he had a meal with a Gentile named Cornelius. The passage we just read was recording of what happened when Peter was with Cornelius. The story is explained in further detail in Acts chapter 10, if you would like to read that another time. But Peter, here he's sharing on how the Holy Spirit came upon him and Cornelius as they were praying, just like it happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. Right? It said that they were gathered together in the upper room and they were praying. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them. And Peter was saying, the same thing happened here. I was in the house with Cornelius and we were praying and we were seeking God. And all of a sudden His Holy Spirit came and dwelt with them. Peter, he then remembered how Jesus had taught him and said how He would be baptized in water by John the Baptist but that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Naturally, Peter then began to put all the different pieces together, understanding that if God gave the Gentiles the same gift that He had given the Jews, then who was He to stand in the way of what God was going to do? He said, who am I to try to decide who the Holy Spirit is for? He said, who am I to say, no, the Holy Spirit is for this group of people, but it's not for everybody. He said that I'm not going to stand in the way of what God is trying to do. If salvation is available to all people, the Holy Spirit is available to all people. That's what Peter was telling them. He realized that he needed to stand up and testify to the other Jews, the other leaders in Jerusalem, that God indeed had made a way for Gentiles to be saved and filled with the power of of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to tell these leaders, you know what? Guys, this is not just for Jewish people. This is not just for, for those of us who follow these different rules when it comes to how we eat and different things. It is available to all people and we need to begin to realize that and encourage that. God had granted them repentance that leads to life, meaning that all people have the opportunity to leave their life of sin. Amen? I'm glad for that, because I'm a Gentile. 
I'm not imagining that most of the city here today are Gentiles. Most of us probably aren't Jewish. And I think we're all glad that God has offered His repentance, that salvation is available to us, that the Holy Spirit is available to us today. It's even the playing field in the sense that the Jews and the Gentiles were now seen as being equal and having an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There was no difference anymore. Looking back to the Old Testament, we see the prophet Joel had already told of this coming. He knew that there was going to be a time that this would happen. And in Joel 2, we read this. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Free, servant, men, woman. It doesn't matter. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. It's available to each of us today. Spirit will be poured out among us. There is equality in Christ because we are all created in God's image. Each and every person is created in His image. And as a result, there is equality with all people. So now that we know that everyone who has a relationship with Christ can be empowered by the Holy Spirit, what does that look like for everyone? What does that look like then if we say, okay, we believe that everyone can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. What does it look like? Maybe you have questions like, do we all have the same set of gifts from the Holy Spirit? Does everyone have the same number of gifts of the Holy Spirit? No. It's unique to each and every person as the Holy Spirit sees fit. Let us take a look at a passage from 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4. It says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 11, all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So we read here that it says that there are many different gifts of the Spirit that are available to believers, that the Holy Spirit empowers people with. And in chapter 12, we read uh, of, of the popular nine that we often talk about. The gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in different tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Those are the nine gifts of the Spirit that we often talk about in the church today. But it's not an extensive list. That, those are not the only nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't, we don't know entirely, but there's some scholars and different people who believe that there could be up to 25 different gifts in different uh, ways that the Spirit empowers us as believers. 
There are a variety of gifts, but there is one Holy Spirit who gives the gifts, who supplies us, who empowers us with the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. All are given by the Holy Spirit who decides which gifts are distributed to who. And each person, each believer, is given at least one gift of the Spirit. We know that Scripture says that each one will be given a gift of the Spirit. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning and you're unsure of what your gifts of the Spirit are. Maybe you don't know which gifts you have or, or maybe you feel like, man, do I have any gifts? Uh, one, I want to encourage you, yes, you do. Scripture tells us that. But maybe you're just learning about the gifts of the Spirit for the first time this morning. Maybe you've never heard about it. Or you would like to know which gifts maybe you have. I would encourage you, find myself or Pastor Laura after service. And we would love to help you out. There, there are a number of different spiritual gift inventories and things that we can help you out with that will help you maybe realize what gifts of the Spirit you have in, in ways that, that you can utilize those. Because that's why it's good for us to know what gifts of the Spirit we have. Then it helps us to be plugged into the areas where our gifts are utilized, where they're needed. Because if, if, if you have the gift of healing... It would be a wonderful idea for you to get involved with the prayer ministry here at the church or to be a part of our prayer team at the end of services. And so knowing what gifts you have help us figure out what different areas of the church maybe we can help in. Each of the gifts are needed throughout the body of Christ. All of the gifts working together in perfect harmony is a wonderful thing. They're all needed. Each gift of the Spirit is needed. Without each of the gifts... It's incomplete. We need all the different gifts of the Spirit working within the body of Christ. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is our advocate and our teacher. Jesus understood that the disciples were going to need someone to help them once He returned back into heaven. Someone to come alongside them, to help them, to lead them to truth, and to continue teaching them. So in the Gospel of John, we find Jesus telling the disciples that he will ask God to send someone who will come after him. And in John 14, 16 through 18, we read this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And if we jump down to verse 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. As I said earlier, I'm very grateful for the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that, that Jesus asked God and that God sent His Holy Spirit to come alongside us as our advocate, as our helper, as our teacher. We all walk through different times in our life and difficult times where we just need somebody to help us. Right? We, we run into a situation that we don't know what to do. We don't know where to look. We don't know where to turn. We can call upon the Holy Spirit to help us. 
He's our advocate. We can ask the Holy Spirit to show us what to do. The Holy Spirit also helps us to understand Scripture in a new and in a different way through illumination. For example, how many of you have maybe read the same passage of Scripture ten times and then all of a sudden one day it just seems to make sense? Right? I think a lot of us have been there where we read it and it just all of a sudden one day it makes sense. That's the Holy Spirit illuminating Scripture. Opening up Scripture to us so that we can understand it and see it in a different way. It's like all of a sudden it makes sense. The Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture to us. In the same way, we should always be striving to learn more about God. As believers, we should be lifelong learners in learning about who God is. More about God. It's great to have a teacher. And we have the greatest teacher ever in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things as well as reminding you of that which I have shared with you. That still applies to us today in the sense that even though we read about the teachings of Jesus through the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Holy Spirit continues to teach us each and every day if we listen, if we set aside time for the Holy Spirit to minister and to teach us. There was also a portion of that scripture where it said that the world, which it was referring to those who do not have a relationship with Christ, will not accept the Holy Spirit because they cannot see Him or know Him. Which logically that makes perfect sense. Because why would somebody accept something they can't see? Right? If they can't see it, why would they accept something? Why would they, why would they know what it is? But it says as believers, the reason that we know and we believe in the Holy Spirit is because He lives inside of us. When we ask Jesus to come into our heart, His Spirit comes and lives inside of us. He dwells in us. It says that He will be with us forever. The Holy Spirit is with us. He dwells in us. Having the Holy Spirit present in our lives and being baptized in the Holy Spirit are two separate things. I want to make that clear this morning. They are two separate things. We ask Jesus in our heart. He comes and He lives and He dwells inside of us. But we don't have time to get into all of that this morning. It's a conversation for another morning. The fourth thing this morning, the Holy Spirit not only empowers us, but as I said, He produces fruit in us. There should be fruit that is evident of our lives as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through our lives. Many of you know the nine fruit of the Spirit, so feel free to say them along with me. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We read in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. When we continue to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, it will help us to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit are evidence of a healthy relationship with God. An unhealthy relationship with God is unlikely to produce fruit or at least be able to sustain the production of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, a healthy relationship will produce much fruit. And as a body of believers, I believe that we need to continue to strive to cultivate healthy relationships, not only with God, but with one another, that we will see good fruit come out of our relationships, that we will help each other to continue seeing the good fruit produced around us. One way we can do that is by encouraging each other. Maybe, maybe you know somebody in the church or somebody that another believer who maybe has struggled with, with patience in their life. Maybe that's something they've had a hard time with. But you've noticed that it seems like something has changed, that they, that they have a new sense of patience. Encourage them in that and say, Hey brother, I've seen that patience is evident in your life. I, I've seen a change. I've noticed that something has been different. I want to let you know that I've seen that. Encourage each other in those areas. Because sometimes maybe we feel like we're, we're, we're changing and we feel like things are going well. But sometimes we need somebody else to help us, to encourage us in that way. We need someone to say, hey, I've noticed that there is a change that's taking place in your life. And I want you to know I've seen it. And I appreciate it. It says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. We, we should not be jealous of the gifts that one another has. We should not be jealous of the gifts of the Spirit that somebody has been given. Each of us is given the gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit deemed necessary for us to have. So this morning we took time to look and what Scripture has to say concerning the different aspects of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit available to? Anyone who gives their heart to the Lord immediately has the Holy Spirit come and dwell within them. There's equality across the board, available to everyone. Secondly, we talked about how there are a variety of different gifts of the Spirit, which are all given by the same Spirit. There are a variety of different gifts, but they're all given by the same Spirit. And He decides who is given what gifts as He sees fit. Each of these gifts are important, necessary, and needed for the common good of the church. All of us are given at least one gift of the Spirit. And as I said earlier, maybe you're wondering uh, what, what gifts you have. I would encourage you to talk to my wife or myself, and we will talk to you and have a conversation about that. The Holy Spirit was sent to be our advocate, our helper, and our teacher. We can call out to Him when we need advice, when we need direction, when we need guidance in our life. He continues to teach each of us as we listen to His leading. 
The world may not recognize Him because they do not see Him or know Him. But we do because He lives inside of us. We also talked about how the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives produces the fruit of the Spirit. A healthy relationship with Christ will be evident by the fruit that comes forth out of our life. At this time, we'll have the worship team begin to come back forward. But getting back to where we started this morning, each of us have different gifts from the Holy Spirit that He has given us to accomplish the specific things that He is calling you to do. God has gifted you through the Holy Spirit to accomplish what He has called you to do. He did not randomly give you the gift or gifts that you've been given. For example, He would not give you the gift of healing knowing that you would never have an opportunity to exercise the gift of healing. When we work together as a body, allowing our gifts to be used for the common good, we can make sure that we are always using the appropriate tools, the appropriate gifts to accomplish what God is asking us to do. In essence, as we said the beginning, the Holy Spirit gives us the correct screwdriver to accomplish the job that we're being asked to do. Just because you find a way to accomplish the task that God has given you doesn't always mean that you necessarily did it how He intended you to. Maybe He wanted you to bring someone else along that had the specific gift that was needed to accomplish that. Encourage you. Let's do these things together. We are the body of Christ. We work together in harmony. It may have been able to be accomplished in less time and maybe much more effectively had it all been done right. May we continue to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us as individuals and as a corporate body of believers. None of us are here by accident at Chisholm Assembly of God. None of you are here this morning by accident. I believe God has brought us together for a reason. God has brought this specific group of people together for an intended purpose, to accomplish the task that He has for us, to be witnesses of the Gospel to the ends of the earth. And He wants to use our unique gifts and talents to do great things for His kingdom, to advance His kingdom, to seek the lost that they may be found, that His kingdom may grow. May we allow the Holy Spirit to work through each of us as we reach out to the lost. The, Holy, or the worship team is going to lead us now in a song. And I want to encourage you, let's just stand together and worship. And just ask the Spirit to just speak to us, to minister to us. To help us know what it is that He is asking of us. Because each of us, He's asking different things. And then as a body, we work together to accomplish those different things. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you sent an advocate, a helper, and a teacher who equips us and empowers us to do all that you have asked us to do. We thank you that just as you empowered the disciples on the day of Pentecost to go forward with the gospel, you have equipped us in the same way, that we are full of power through you that you've given us gifts to use for your kingdom. 
Thank you, in Jesus' name.